0: Both versions of the show air in other states. For these show times plus past episodes, please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. Conscious Company Media's World Changing Women's Summit, hosted from February 20th to the 22nd at 1440 Multiversity outside of Santa Cruz, California is a first-of-its-kind gathering for female professionals who work at or are interested in conscious and sustainable businesses. Top female CEOs, entrepreneurs, executives, investors, and thought leaders from around the world will gather for three days to connect and share wisdom, insights, and best practices for thriving while changing the world for the better through the power of business. If you're interested in joining or know someone who should attend, go to worldchangingwomensummit.com for more information. Welcome back to the show. Today, we have David Mickelson. He's the CEO at Snopes.com. David, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, good morning. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to
0: have you on the show. I, I think what you guys are doing is actually pretty pretty timely with all the stuff that's going on in kind of the media right now. But uh, maybe before we kind of get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I was born and grew up in and until recently spent my whole life in uh, the Southern California area. Okay. You know, kind of on the the fringes of Los Angeles. Um, You know, I I went to college in San Antonio, Texas, but you know, other than that, up until I got married at the end of last year, I spent my whole life in California. Nice.
0: no, that's cool man. So you you went you went to university um in in Texas. What what did you take there and yeah. why?
1: Uh well, I my major was computer science because okay. that was what I was interested in at the time. Um that's kind of what led into what I do now is uh because after I graduated um I went to work at JPL, and then I ended up working for a very large computer company. Okay. So we were kind of connected to the Internet before most people knew there was an Internet. Um, you know, uh, participating in some of the text-based discussions about urban legends, um, and that kind of became a hobby of mine, like researching and writing about them. So uh, when the first graphical browser came out, kind of the the real beginnings of the the World Wide Web, I just started writing up little pieces about Disney-related legends, you know, like is Walt Disney really frozen, and, <laughs> you know, all, all, all sorts of things sure. you know, supposedly hidden in, in Disney movies, and um, you know, started growing growing the site, adding new new categories of urban legends, and then after a while, my Former wife began contributing, um, and this was, you know, so early on. I mean, before social media, before YouTube, before search engines, even. Sure. uh, That it, the site just kind of quickly became the place where people started sending anything questionable they came across anywhere. You know, to ask is this true, Ooh. and it kind of took a left turn from what I had originally envisioned <laughs> we would be doing. Sure. Um, so, given the current situation, I wish I could say that yes, I had the foresight and vision to discern 20-something years ago that fact-checking would become a, a vitally important uh, aspect of our national discourse <laughs> in no. the future. But yeah, you know, sure, but not quite the way it played out.
0: Well, but you were also like way before your time in in a lot of cases, right? Like. You, you were doing this stuff in the early 90s and not saying it hasn't been mm-hmm. a, a big thing up until kind of modern today, but it's mm-hmm. been getting so much more publicity kind of in, in 2017 than I think in a lot of cases it probably ever has. Yes. Um, yes. And, and so for people that haven't heard of the site, what exactly yes. do you guys do? Like you kind of covered it quickly, but what exactly do you guys kind of do? Yeah
1: well now we're described as a fact-checking site um you know one of you know a a number of sites that are that fill that particular niche um we're you know somewhat unique in that we are the the oldest uh, fact-checking site on the internet and unlike virtually all of the others we don't focus exclusively on politics Sure. Um, You know, we 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 do a lot of politics now because that's that's the primary interest of the audience. But we've always tackled pretty much anything that people are asking about or questioning. Um, You know, back in the early days before politics co-opted the Internet, it was a lot of, you know, is this computer virus warning real? Because a lot of them were hoaxes. And is this missing child, this plea to find this missing child you know real or a hoax and you know after, after a while you know the photoshop pictures became a thing and you know oh, yes. it all led to eventually eventually politics kind of subsumed everything as the area of focus sure. um, and then with the re- with the recent election there's you know the sort of a confluence of many people being dismayed with the results uh you know, with the implications or, or, you know, the accusations of foreign influence in the election, you know, with a president, you know, decrying, you know, standard journalism and, and other information he doesn't agree with is fake news. It's kind of, you know, fake news has taken over everything.
0: Sure. No, totally. So how do you guys pick a topic? Do people submit it? Do you guys kind of see what's happening in kind of just culture or like how do you guys kind of pick a topic and topics to
1: cover well, in general, we cover whatever the most people are asking about or searching on okay uh, we don't make any we don't make any judgments on our part, whether it's you know important enough or whether it's too obvious or frivolous or what have you it's just if it's what people are looking for, we write about it and uh, we generally. Uh, determine the topics you know by aggregating a number of inputs it's you know what people are searching for when they come to our site in the search engine what they're emailing us what they're posting to our Facebook group uh, what people are posting about on Facebook and Twitter generally you know what's trending in Google searches what's popular on Reddit we kind of synthesize all of those inputs to Survive at what what most people are interested in at the moment
0: sure so that in itself is probably a a large task or do you automate a lot of that
1: (laughs) well we're in the stages of automating okay some of it is automated and some of it is uh is still manual i mean there's been a big push in the industry of course and recently let's let's try and automate as much of fact checking as we can and that effort kind of starts with uh let's let's automate the collection of data to figure out what we should be writing about in the first place
0: sure no that's interesting so you guys pick something to figure out if it's fake or not how do you guys go about actually determining that
1: yeah it's a, we're frequently asked that and it's kind of a a tough question to give a general answer to okay. because we cover we cover such a breadth of material that the techniques can vary widely okay um in many in many cases it takes virtually no effort at all because there a, a lot of what's submitted to us is material that come from sites that churn out nothing but fabricated news i see so you know, you spend half a minute determining the source. You already know what's false and don't really need to do any more work.
0: Sure, um, sure. Like if it comes yeah, from the onion.com yeah. for example, I,
1: I get that everything that <laughs> well, comes is
0: fake news. But
1: Yeah, yeah, in, in general, yes. So, I mean, other things, if it's often it will be an issue of did this particular prominent person say this particular thing, then, of course, you go hunting down you know, through newspaper articles, transcripts of television programs, you know, searching for a record of, you know, did this person actually say this? There's pretty much anyone famous. It would, you know, it would have been noted. If they said something controversial or remarkable, it would have been noted in some way. Sure. Um, so you, you either find if nobody took note of it, it probably didn't happen. And uh, you often find that, well, they kind of said something like that, but it's been awfully distorted or paraphrased um you know other things are just you know standard kind of academic research you going finding the appropriate statistic set and and trawling through it to you know analyze and arrive at an answer you know, cause a lot of a lot of what uh, circulates now is what's often called memes, but it's you know basically text overlaid with graphics. Those are popular on social media. And, you know, there are a lot of them that that posit all kinds of things about, you know, gun crime going up or down or, you know, uh, other statistics-related issues. Um, You know, a lot of it is just, say, reading the text of a legislative bill and determining whether it says what people are claiming it says, like, you know, well, the president's tax plan actually – you know, eliminate uh, deductions for tuition at, at uh, public schools, but not private schools or, you know, does it give greater benefits to owners of private jets or whatever claims are being made? Sure. Um, you know, okay. So, but I mean, it's, it's all, there's no, there's no secret sauce. There's no magic formula. It's all, you know, really standard journalistic, you know, investigative research techniques. Sure. But, but it also sounds like,
0: you know, it can take a matter of minutes to probably hours to prove one way or the other. Is that fair to say based on kind of the complexity or what the issue?
1: Sure. Sometimes even, you know, days or weeks if you have to sure. track particular people down to get information from them. Um, one advantage that we have is that we've done been doing this for so long that we kind of have the the advantage of pattern matching, shall we we say, that we've seen so many similar things pop up, you know, repeatedly over the last couple of decades that you develop an instinct for, you know, where did this come from? Is it likely true or not? You know, where do I look for this? Um, Sure.
0: And and I'm assuming like even just doing something as like Google image search where you – the matching where you can like yeah. – you know, you're like people put two photos together and one was taken yeah. decades ago and the one was recent and they match mashed them together, stuff like that. I've seen where they're like, well, this one was taken like 40 years ago and this one was taken, I don't know, <laughs> like two years ago and like those – you know, so that's interesting. So yeah, – so, No, go ahead. And this, sorry. And
1: this also like – I said, this also kind of – um, not just reverse image searching, but kind of contextual analysis. Like it's not uncommon to say see a video circulated claiming that it's a you know, a group of Muslims demonstrating in Dearborn, Michigan for the establishment of Sharia law. And if you look closely at the video you see all the, the road signs and street signs and shop signs in the background are in French. Say. <laughs> sure. So probably Probably not from Dearborn, Michigan. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I think
0: it, it's interesting how many people just like if they read something or they're told something, like believe it 100% without even kind of questioning it whether it's true or false, right? That always kind of fascinated Correct. me. Is there like yeah. a, how would, like you've been doing this a long time. And I, I'm kind of yeah. curious to know for people listening and even myself, how do you kind Ooh. of know or or start to even think about like when you're you read something, you're told something like whether it's it's true or not? You know, obviously if you go to your site, you could you could figure that out pretty quick. Yeah. But if you're just reading stuff, you know, like a lot of us use, you know, RSS readers or Google News or some other kind of news uh-huh. app. Like is there a way to kind of quickly distinguish, wow, this is probably not true, or it's partially true, or, um, you know, because like, I always joke that um, with the internet, it's like, if you read something online, it's true. And then if you read the complete opposite, it's also true. Just as like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so it's usually like a weird gray area,
1: right? So how do you
0: distinguish that?
1: Well, um, part of it starts just being familiar with the sources you're reading from knowing their proclivities and, and slants and things like that. Um, you know, or at least doing some minimal checking if you're unfamiliar with the source, um, you know, then, uh, you know, at least we who do this for a living, you Just kind of develop the instinct for reading is, is, is what's being presented actually being, you know, presented as fact, where something is being referenced as a source, sure. um, you know, something that's determinable, or is it really just someone expressing an opinion or pontificating about something, um, you know, uh, you know, if they are citing something as a source for information, looking at that source and seeing are they are they reflecting the information found there accurately? Um, are they cherry picking data and only presenting one side of an argument? Um, you know, which is a standard technique. Um, you know, or um, are they? you know is are are they relying on primary sources we often see on the internet this these incredibly long chains where someone publishes an article then someone else aggregates it then someone else slightly rewrites it and publishes it and then someone else copies that i see <laughs> you re- you really have to to trace things back to the beginning of the chain and and look at what the uh, the one at the very beginning was saying and quoting Sure.
0: Uh, that's interesting, actually. I never really thought of it like that. But yeah, you, it makes total sense. Like people repost or republish all the time, right? And you're right, they kind of put their their angle on it, whether it's good or bad or other, it doesn't really matter. It, it's changing kind of the original kind of thing. That's interesting.
1: And it, it, it does, it is often very misleading, because a <laughs> site will put up a completely false or fabricated story. And then either coincidentally or by design, because a lot of fake news sites operate whole networks of sites. But this one false piece, you know, quickly ends up on 20 other sites. So your, you know, confused Internet user who's unsure whether this is really true, you know, plugs the headline into Google or something and immediately sees, oh, my gosh, there are 20 sites that are all reporting this thing. It must be true. Sure. Which is far from the case often.
0: Yeah, no, that's interesting. And yeah. and, and the thing that I always uh, it, no, go ahead, sorry. And it's I like say, it's
1: also another clue in the reverse case, if you know, you're reading on the internet something that would be of momentous importance like, you know, the president's you know, the president has resigned or been killed in a plane crash or something like that you know you would be seeing that all over you would not be seeing this on one person's obscure blog or something sure. like that so some <laughs> so of it's it common sense it sounds like
0: in in some cases
1: yes. right like yeah and we, we also have the the problem with uh what's called satire um uh, sure you know, uh, 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 on on one end the, you know there is the issue that very well crafted satire um sort of hews the line just between you know believability and ridiculousness you know by design like much of what The Onion does sure. you know, just straddles that fine line so sure. you know it, it's it's reasonable that people encountering it uh, out of context would would might be confused as is this a real news story or not but the problem is that first of all very very little satire on the internet is well written and in sure. fact most of it isn't really satire at all that it's it's creators call it that to avoid various legal issues but it's it's not satire in any sense it's not arch it's not funny it's not making any point about you know a social or political issue through the use of humor or exaggeration it's just Putting fake news out there for the express purpose of fooling people, you know, who are gullible sure. enough to believe it. Yeah, that's not satire, you know. So it's it's trolling.
0: Sure, sure. I guess yeah. Like that's like the ultimate trolling, right? <laughs> yeah, like and to be fair, like I, I don't I don't read the site like ever. But there's been times where you run across an article and you start reading it and you don't really realize like until maybe like a, a, you know maybe a paragraph or two in and then you're like oh it came from them okay like ha ha, ha like you just kind of move on but like so I, I totally i i totally get like how some people could actually believe that sometimes cuz you know i at least for me i if something that's like a big deal kind of maybe politically or something i try to go read you know, the version from kind of the left side and then go read the version from the right side and then kind of see the similarities and differences because the same thing will be spun quite different depending on, you know, the side of the political spectrum that you're on.
1: Yes, and um, that's one of the difficulties is what we with what we do is that everybody's looking for like a true rating or the facts. But the thing, thing is, you can be 100% accurate and still be very misleading, as in you only present one side of an argument. I mean, imagine if, say, you were on trial mm-hmm. um, and the prosecution got to present their case, but you weren't allowed to offer a defense. Sure. Well, even if, every, even if everything the prosecution presented was true, now the jury would be getting quite a different uh, viewpoint about your guilt if you were actually allowed to explain some of those things and, and uh, offer a defense. But if you can't, well, you know, there's really only one conclusion people can come away with. So, you know, it's not just about, is this true or you know is this factual it's also about this as i mentioned earlier it's gonna are you just cherry picking data and arguments or actually presenting you know a rounded story
0: sure no that's actually a really good point you're right because you you basically need to present both sides so how do you guys kind of go about doing that or is it more is it just you don't really need to it's kind of like this is how it is and here's kind of both sides or are, how do you guys kind of do that
1: well it is to some extent it's kind of what you described as if it's a you know political issue you kind at of first glance go through what you know what people on both sides are saying about it because you know uh, ideally you can you can find a source who's presenting all aspects of it but lacking that you know you can as I said you can go to different say, news outlets, and each of them may give you a piece of the story, um, and then you try to synthesize them into the whole, Um, you know, again, it's, you know, there's kind of this this myth that there used to be a golden age of journalism when everybody was, you know, impartial and, you know, like Walter Cronkite presenting only, you know, only facts and, and, you know, no opinion and no spin, but, you know, that never really existed, and it, it's kind of exacerbated now by sort of like the the rise of like uh cable television and other media where we have what we call narrow casting where first of all you can you know kind of only only be exposed to the kind of news that you're interested in sure you know, if it, whether it be fox or m s n b c or or something like that um, yeah. and I don't remember what the second point was. no that's
0: um, that's good though yeah. no you're right though that that makes a lot of sense because like I I even have like family members that only watch kind of like one side of the political spectrum yes. news and you're like then they're arguing with you and you're like well if you don't spend the time to to learn the other half of it you can't yeah. really form an opinion that's my opinion anyway well, right like well, have you kind well, of found that or is it kind of yes yeah, de-
1: well, well it's, it's also kind of you know the other issue with what I was describing at the cable and other other media is that also they're typically now you know twenty four by seven sure you know, on the air uh so really a very small percentage of what they're doing is actually reporting news like. You know, the, any any station like CNN or Fox or MSNBC, maybe it's 3% news, and the other 97% is people talking about the news, commenting on the news, pontificating on the news. Sure. <laughs> which which isn't really reporting. Um, so uh, it, it's kind of like, you know, I often use the analogy – um, if you just wanted to do nothing but watch golf all day long, you probably could. Sure. And if there isn't a cable, <laughs> there's probably one I, or more cable channels devoted to nothing but golf. And sure. if not, you can probably find enough sports channels to do it. But how do you convince somebody that watching nothing but golf is not good for them? Just like how do you convince someone that getting all of your news from Fox or all of your news from MSNBC probably isn't
0: a good idea well yeah no fair enough that that's interesting right and I I think like
1: yeah
0: I I try not to go like in a political space with the show but I also wanted to have you on the show in the sense that just to get people thinking about this stuff because it's such a big kind of hot topic in the industry or even just kind of and being somebody that kind of is in the media like yourself where you know, yeah. I talk to people all the time, you talk to people all the time, they have their opinions, good or bad, I agree with some of them, I don't agree with others, And it, but it yeah. doesn't really matter, right? It's about kind of uh-uh. talking to people like yourself to get this stuff out there and kind of get people thinking about how to get kind of the, the truth out of their day-to-day kind of, yeah. you know, life, or truth, whatever I mean by, in like quotes, right? Because it's different, but... I, I've always kind of I, I You know what I mean,
1: right? Like it's hard to explain. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I, I I could give you an amusing anecdote that right. kind of addresses that. Sure, though. I would love um, that. No, what one the one of my hobbies in my increasingly vanishing uh, free time was board gaming. Okay. Um so there was a there was a a member of my board gaming group in California who was about my age, a pediatrician, and he was telling me one day that his father who was in his eighties was becoming increasingly enmeshed in Fox News and kept sending him all these stories about, you know, whatever calamitous thing was supposedly going on at the time that, you know, President Obama was a Muslim or you know, sure, I remember all those, the madrasa yeah. or all those sorts of things. And so he would typically respond by sending his father, you know, links to Snopes and saying, Yeah, Dad, I don't think that's really true, you know, take a look at this. And so eventually he said his father responded and and said, Well, you know, why should we trust them? You don't know what their agenda is. You don't know who they are. And so he wrote back and said, Oh, actually, Dad, I do know who they are. I've been over to their house and really they're not very political. <laughs> yeah. That's actually interesting. So, but it's you know, it's kind of a standard, you know, technique and other difficulty we deal with, which is, you know, kind of in uh, you know, in law there's there's like the maxim that you can't pound the facts, pound the table and So it's kind of in journalism, you know, if you if you if you don't like what's being reported, try and discredit the source. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay. that's interesting. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's actually kind of an interesting uh, way to put it. Right. Like the the whole space just kind of fascinates me. I I think the thing that I find fascinating about it is just how Uh people take such like like just face value for anything. Right. It's like. You know you can tell like even i just look sometimes even at like my immediate friend group when you say something like somebody says something and you watch across the room like how many people are just like oh yeah that totally makes sense and like and i'm not even saying it's good or bad it's just like nobody even just like questions it sometimes and it's just like yeah okay that must be true and you're like well just because somebody kind of said it doesn't necessarily mean it's like 100% true or there's not like all the facts to it, right? And that's always kind of really well. fascinating me just watching just like, you know, a friend group, right? Or your friend group and how many people yes. kind of buy what that person just said to, you know, like as gospel in, in some cases or lack uh-huh. of a better term for that. That's always fascinated to me. And that's that's gotta fascinate you because you basically made kind of a career out of proving things you know, right or wrong. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, there's been a lot of academic study devoted to this subject recently. And one of the things that they've generally been finding is that, you know, sort of political discourse is much more effective face to face when people are actually talking to each other and, you know, asked to explain or defend their views, you know, tends to be much more effective in perhaps persuading people to, you know, take a different viewpoint. But of course, as you kind of Alluding, one of the, the disadvantages is in public when you're listening to someone say something. Nobody really wants to be confrontational and sure. question, you know, and, and imply that someone is is wrong or misinformed or just you know deliberately you know not telling the truth. So there's this, you know, it, this kind of works both ways. But, well, know, but in, in general, in general, I don't think our political discourse has been improved by uh, its shifting to. You know digital technology where where we're arguing with uh words on a screen and not people yeah
0: that's fair it, it's just interesting because i, I notice even on like social media everybody kind of well not everybody but a lot of people post like that they have this like perfect kind of life good or bad and you know <laughs> that it's like well five minutes before that photo you know your kid was melting down in the grocery store or whatever and now 10 seconds later, you're posting this, like, look at us as a happy family. It's like, you know, I always found that kind of interesting.
1: Well, it's also, you know, it's also really changed in a lot of ways uh, what is news. Sure. Uh, with the, with the advent of the Internet, because I, I like to offer, I mean, imagine, you know, I don't know. 20, 30 years ago, you had a bad experience at a, you know, a restaurant or a store or something. Sure. I mean, what could you do about it? Complain to the manager and your, you know, friends and neighbors and that, you know, maybe write a letter to your local paper. That would pretty much be the end of it. Now, you know, you post it on Facebook and millions of people see it. And 20 minutes later, it's a headline in the New York Daily News. Sure.
0: (laughs) yeah, it's so, like everybody's you know, a journalist now, right? Or or like they just post to Twitter and well, then something goes viral and you're like, that's not even the case.
1: <laughs> well, it's not even so much everybody's a journalist, but it's almost like there's no private outrage anymore that, you know, every every offense, every outrage is very public. Sure. And, you know, and especially if you're getting your information through Facebook, Um, which is, you know, true for many people, what you're seeing is a mixture of news articles and posts from your friends about what they ate or what they did or something bad that happened to them. And it kind of levels the playing field and make all of those things look to be of equal relevance and importance.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's that's interesting,
1: right? I, I think, you know... So, it, it's it's kind of it's what we call the socialization of news. Whereas before, you got your news from, you know, gatekeepers if we want to call them that. You sure. were primarily getting your news from what one of three networks presented during an hour long, you know, nightly broadcast. Now, of, to a large part, what what news you see is determined by your friends and acquaintances. Because it's what they're posting on Facebook, what they are liking, sure. and therefore causing to show up in your newsfeed. Sure, yeah,
0: that's fair. And there's uh, and I even know there's been times where like something's come up that I I don't know anything about, and I don't really have a good example of it. But like, say something happens yeah. in the world, and there somebody's talking about it somewhere, and then you're like, well, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll look at that later. Like, I'll go do some research about that topic kind of like later that evening or the next day or something and just be like, okay, like how much of that was like true or not true? And I always find it like fascinating because sometimes you're like, oh yeah, they were pretty like accurate. And other times you're like, that
1: was like a 180. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and you know, It's also, again, just sort of naturally the case, people tend to trust information that comes from people they know, from their friends and relatives and acquaintances, than something just proffered by a complete stranger or something they just happen to come across. So, I mean, we used to get that uh, all the time back in the early days when we were were covering urban legends. And, of course, urban legends are things that most people have heard, you know, told to them by someone who's claiming that it actually happened to, you know, their brothers, friends, hairdressers, sister-in-law, or something. But, um, <laughs> sure. We, we, we would often get angry responses saying, well, you know, you said this is false, but, you know, my father or my minister or my professor told me this, and he has no reason to lie. <coughs> Interesting. You know, but, of course, there's a huge gulf between lying and just being, you know, misinformed or you know inaccurate. Sure. It's not like binary. You're telling the truth or you're lying. You can you can make good faith mistakes, but you know it, it, yeah, it kind of highlights that you know people are more willing to believe someone or trust someone they know than someone they don't, regardless of the quality or source of the information. Sure.
0: No, that's interesting. So. Where do you think this whole kind of fake news kind of thing's gonna go like do you think it's gonna be an ongoing kind of issue? Do you think it'll kind of sort itself out? Do you think people will kind of start actually doing their own research or or go to sites like you guys that actually kind of spend the time to do this or or like or where do you kind of see it going
1: well? course the term fake news has now become so broad sure i guess <laughs> it could be anything the really term fake news becomes so broad it's you know, kind of difficult to make any pronouncements about it because it encompasses so much but okay. in general i think <clears throat> i think human efforts and technology will probably weed out the worst offenders which is the people who are just pranksters and trolls and putting out Fabricated information for profit. Um, You know, some of the advertising agencies have already started, you know, cutting them out of the advertising stream and therefore disincentivizing them. Um, Other stuff is more difficult because, you know, what we want to call fake news is often a mixture of stuff that's true and false or something that's highly exaggerated or hyper-partisan or, you know, one-sided so you can't actually just filter it out on the premise that it's not true it it does require some actual analysis to let people know well this is very one-sided it's cherry-picked it's omitting key facts you know it will probably be quite a while before technology can do that sure yeah um, a lot of a lot of the, the efforts you know that've been undertaken so far in that sense tend to try filter things out based on the domain they came from, like, you know, sure. classifying sites as a whole as fake news, but that's, you know, problematic, as I said, because a lot of sites don't just do fake news. Some of them mix real and fake news to just to confuse efforts like that. Some of them aren't strictly false, They said they're sort of hyper-partisan or slanted. Sure. Um, and so you you can't flag every single article that comes from, you know, one side as all sure. being fake in many cases so then we have to sort of dive deeper in machine learning and try and analyze individual articles but probably the best we can do now is sort of analyze them based on tone, you know, based on the language, you know, you can often get a good idea from the the, the language used in an article. Is this this a balanced article or is it a, you know, sort of a politically extreme article, but even that is just, you know, another tool that can actually make the decision, you know, is this true or not or what's missing from it. So, um, you know, I always, I always loathe to uh, try and underestimate the advance of of technology and artificial intelligence. <laughs> seeing how much things have changed so unexpectedly in in the course of my lifetime, but I think we're probably you know a good ways off from automating fact checking from beginning to end at least far enough off that i'll be retired by then and won't care (laughs) 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 about being out of a job (laughs) yeah
0: no fair enough that's that's actually (laughs) quite interesting because I, i i kind of agree with you like i like the ability like i like the convenience of of you know, kind of stuff that Apple and Google give kind of you on a a daily basis. And it's also weird to let those companies kind of decide based on who they think you are, you know, through artificial intelligence and machine learning, what you kind of want next and what you kind of believe and what's kind of truthful to you, right? It's It's kind of a weird thing because like for me I I prefer Android over iOS and it the only reason I say that is because like I basically use Google services even on iOS so they basically know the most about me out of any kind of company online and and for me I kind of think there's some I, I like the convenience of that but I also kind of understand that you know there's been kind of stuff in the media lately where you know certain sites are either showing fake stuff or you know helped with you know the election or i don't you know you know what i'm talking about like where it's kind (laughs) of interesting that that stuff is could potentially just come to me and if i'm not paying attention or kind of doing my own research outside of those kind of frameworks i i might get kind of duped as well i
1: guess well you know it's kind of interesting you know as an example like just yesterday there was a a, a news story about um, sort of Google downranking uh, results from the rt.com website, which yep. is you know Russia Today, yep. state-sponsored media. You know that they would they would make their uh, articles you know much less prominent in search results, and then it was like the the top news story about that news was uh RT itself complaining about that rather than rather than more you know even handed journalistic discussions of it. <laughs> so it was pretty, pretty amusing that, you know, we we've we've downgraded this source and now the the primary the primary news source we're displaying about it is the people we just downranked complaining about it so
0: yeah that's interesting I actually saw that (laughs) I was like what but yeah but I I guess I'm just kind of fascinated by how this whole thing kind of plays out and it'll probably it'll continuously play out for you know everybody's lifetime right like I'm just so kind of fascinated to see kind of how machine learning and artificial intelligence kind of takes where it takes it I guess
1: you yeah. know so um, yes <laughs> as I said I try not to underestimate it sure you know, <laughs> there's been a whole lot of a whole lot has happened that I never anticipated so you yeah, know I can't never fall into the trap of thinking things are going to stay the same for very long sure yeah. sure so we're coming
0: to the end of the show so let's close okay. with mentioning where people can get more information about you and uh, Snoop's Online
1: Um uh, more information about us well certainly you can go to the site and read information about us um, you know uh, we're you know always happy to answer any questions or anything like that you know, there's, there's still this uh, unfortunate pervasive um, you know idea out there that Snopes is like two people in their basement with you know a couple of cats <laughs> 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 Which is it's not true. I think our, our staff at the moment, I think 17 people. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we don't have we don't, you know, on the other on the other extreme, there's people who think, you know, we have huge buildings full of researchers all over the world, which is not true either. <laughs> so the staff 17 We're not we're not really centrally located anywhere. We don't have a central office. Uh, generally, people work from wherever they live, which, you know, is at this point, you know, across the country. I mean, Sure. We, Which actually probably would, adds you know,
0: is better, right, in some cases, to look into certain things.
1: It, it is. I mean, it's also more difficult. Sure, yeah. yeah it, There's it, pros and it, cons. It's much harder to, to arrange face-to-face, you know, sure. collaboration. But, you know, we have... <clears throat> You know, several people in California. I'm in Tacoma when I'm not on the road. It's just most of the time, and right. you know, we have people in in New York, and Chicago, and D.C. Um, so we're kind of spread out. Uh, That's you know, great. You know, there, so they're, they're, we're in, and, and you know, to be fair. As I said, we're not the only. You know, we're not the only entry in this itch. I mean, there's you know, like say PolitiFact and FactCheck are, are both you know, fact-checking sites that focus exclusively on politics and, you know, many, um, the the news org, you know, the traditional media have, you know, started fact-checking arms like the Washington Post and the BBC and, and, you know, other uh, newspapers and news organizations. So there's a lot out there. So, you know, I always advocate you don't have to take everything we tell you as gospel. You can check what other fact-checkers are reporting as well. Sure. But I also Um, think
0: that's important to say, right? Because, you know, just in the sense that of kind of what we've been talking about this whole time, like, you kind of need to form your own opinions and do your own kind of research on kind of other people's research for
1: for the lack of a better term for it. It's kind of we're you know in a sense we're combating the same thing that we're doing, which is
0: interesting, you yeah know, we,
1: we you know we create a resource for people to go to to get information and and find out you know what's true and what's not true. but kind of our underlying message is you shouldn't trust any one source as the ultimate authority. You, know, you should be using multiple sources and and look up things on your own. So in no, <laughs> some sense, it's kind of cross purposes. But like I said we you know we don't <clears throat> we don't try to be or, or you know present ourselves as the you know the only or ultimate source of information. You know we're we're one of many resources for people to use. Sure.
0: I no. I think that's great. And and just kind of for people that want to check out the site, it's s n o p e s dot com. Just so people have the URL. So, um, yeah,
1: that's correct.
0: Well, well, David, again, I really appreciate you taking the time and your day to be on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day.
1: Okay. Thank you. You too.
0: Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Hey, bye.
1: Okay. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening. Please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Also, check us out on Facebook at Building the Future Show and follow us on Twitter at Building Show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep
1: building the future.